Hey everyone, welcome to Agency Unfiltered, the HubSpot Solutions Partner Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Dunn, and Agency Unfiltered is a weekly web series and podcast that interviews the owners, founders, and executives of agencies and services providers from around the world about whatever it takes to grow and scale. This week, we have on Hannah Collins-Lee, co-founder and CEO of Second Mile, who's here to talk about one of the hottest topics in the business world, the four-day work week. Hannah shares how her team ideated on, tested, and then fully implemented this for her team, and she walks us through what it now looks like in practice. She outlines exactly how the processes, operations, and employee expectations had to evolve to allow for this shift, and how it now manifests in the team's client engagements. And specifically with clients, she talks about the announcement out to the clients, their initial receptiveness, and the increased accountability she now had to deliver results. And we wrap with impact to the business, from the trickle-down impact on numbers and KPIs, over to the culture, work-life balance, and employee experience. Are we looking at the future of work? Check it out with Agency Unfiltered. Welcome to the Agency Unfiltered Podcast. How are you doing? I am great. I'm super excited to be here. Uh, super excited to feature you. Obviously, one of the episodes coming out of the Inbound event. Uh, how are you feeling? Is the adrenaline still pumping? Are you still riding that wave of energy and or momentum? Yes, a little bit of energy and momentum and also the the post-inbound blues and come down as well. Inbound was... Fantastic. I mean, I have started my Andrew Huberman routine. My dopamine is resetting. Yep. I'm feeling fantastic. Just don't tell John Mulaney about it, you know, uh, otherwise you might get picked on a little bit, but that's, yeah, that's Exactly. Great. Exactly. We all have like a, what, there's 10,000 of us that now have inside jokes together. It's, it's right. good stuff there. Yeah. That's so great. Um, and again, you never know, well, based on today, like right now today, but also the date in which folks may get a chance to tune in, there's a high likelihood, a high probability that you may be on sabbatical. So tell yes. us a little bit more about that. What's the plan? And congrats, congrats early congrats. Thank you. Thank you. No, I'm, I'm super excited. Um, so Second Mile is coming up on seven years in business, which is crazy. You know, time flies when you spend half of your business in a pandemic, right? Um, sure. But no, we when we built Second Mile, we really wanted to think about work-life balance and, and think about doing work for the long haul and like playing the long game. And one of those things was for owners uh, at the seven-year mark, taking a sabbatical. Um, so I'll be out for seven weeks and I'm going to be hiking the Camino in Portugal and Spain and then um, doing some some resting and relaxing after that. But yeah, really excited to kind of Someone gave me the advice when you take a sabbatical, it should be equal parts rest, relaxation, uh, rejuvenation, and like revision. Mm. So that's that's my goal. That's my plan. The four quadrants of a good sabbatical. I like the approach. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
I'll keep you posted on how successful I am in achieving those things, but I think I've got a good formula uh, going into it. So you know, we'll a Euro trip, some hiking trips, Spain, Portugal. Like I think you're gonna you're gonna check off a lot of those boxes. I'm sure it's gonna be great. Uh, yes. And so yeah. congrats on the anniversary. Congrats on seven years. And hope you have a great time. Uh, and again, you might be right you. in the smack dab middle of that. Maybe when this comes out. I know, I know. Maybe when I'm on the trail, uh, when I get some Wi-Fi at some point, I'll download this episode and, and give it a listen on the trail. You know it's going to be critically important for my KPIs that you do. So that's thank you so much in advance <laughs> for doing that. So Hannah, you actually tee this up perfectly uh, when you talk about work-life balance, uh, but also it sounds like a point of emphasis at Second Mile uh, to to you know build structures for the long haul. Uh, for for any two like folks tuning in or listeners that may not know, Second Mile has uh, instituted a four day work week, uh, and so before we get to what that looks like, how it operates, it'd be you know let's start with you know the the genesis. So you know how did that idea emerge? How did it land on the table of discussion and decisions? And and you know what made you all take the leap? Yeah, I mean, big credit to. The good folks at 37 Signals uh, Base Camp, we read their book, It Doesn't Have to Be Crazy at Work, um, mm. gosh, probably five years ago, six years ago, um, pretty early on in Second Mile. And um, they talk about creating seasonality in work. And that's something that coming out of being a, a product of school, like that's pretty built into the process. Like you have summer break, you have winter break, you know, you have kind of these ebbs and flows, and then you get into the work world and very rarely are there seasons built into a lot of industries. So we're talking about to create like more sustainable workloads, happier, healthy employees, mm-hmm. avoid burnout, get some seasonality into your work. And so we really resonated with that idea and decided to start experimenting with half day Fridays in the summer. And um, we're like, Hey, let's give this a go. That way we can kind of, you know, set aside the summer to feel different. And then the next year we were like, let's maybe push the envelope a little bit here. Half day. Not just Labor Day. Let's get that thing to, you know, you know, yeah. yeah, Later into the fall, maybe. Yeah. Well, it was, it was more of like, so we did the half day Fridays and then the next year we were like, let's go full days often in the summer on Fridays Mm. and just test it out. Very time bound, like Memorial day to labor day. And then it went really well. Like not just, you know, obviously our employees were thrilled about it, but Mm -hmm. um, you know, we saw some of the other benefits that a lot of organizations see when they make the switch to a four day work week. And so we were decided to keep piloting it, trialing it out and extended that and extended it forever. Um, Perpetuity. Yeah. 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 We just never went back. Um, So yeah, it was a a slow process in the sense of we did the half days, then we went to full days in the summer and then just kind of committed and, and made sure that we had some systems in place to test it out. Well, that's great. Uh, glad it, it seems to, to be working so well. I think we'll be able to unpack uh, a lot of that. And so just to confirm, you know, operationally, it's Fridays, standardized Fridays, the full second mile team has that day off from work, correct? Correct. Yeah. Yes. So we are on the 32 hour 100% compensation 
40 mm-hmm. work week. Um, I think there's a lot of chatter out there about doing four tens and we're seeing like a lot of data says that that is not successful. Mm. Um, you know, longer working hours, people get home later, they're missing out on, you know, critical family events and time. Um, so counteracts the time you get on Friday, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, um, when, whenever we say four day work week, I always like to specify we're on the the 32 hour and yep, it is uh, best practice for Fridays to be off. Um, but I also like to highlight that like really so much of that is about creating just work flexibility, right? Like we mm-hmm. are big believers in hiring competent, capable, responsible people here at second mile that feel valued and they have autonomy. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if, if during the week, like, Hey, your kid gets sick and you need to take them to the doctor and that eats into, you know, half of your Wednesday, Hey, you've got Friday there if you need it as kind of this outlet. Um, and so it's, it's kind of like a, a buffer if it needs to be, but operationally, like we're all shut down. There's no external meetings. There's no client communications. Um, that, that Friday is kind of X stuff on, on the calendar there. No, that's great. And also, uh, uh, savvy veteran move for the four day work week. Uh, it's a, we're a 32, not the four by 10. Uh, so, you know, just learning some of the, the, the variables that can, you know, uh, be a play, uh, for my, yeah. for my own learnings. Um, but as you took it from, all right, let's take full day Fridays in the summer. And then actually, you know, it's working well enough, like, let's just really pull this thing out and extend it in perpetuity. What had to change uh, process wise, operationally, uh, you know, client engagement wise, like, so structurally behind the scenes at Second Mile, like, how did you, you know, what did you have to evolve or disrupt to to ensure that it was going to be a success? You know what I mean? Great question. Uh, it's definitely not something to be entered into lightly, and we certainly have our, our bumps and bruises along the way. Um, but I, I think some of the main things before we implemented the four-day work week that we were thinking about was how do we gain efficiency at work without increasing complexity of work? So there's just a, we realized there's a lot of inefficient things that happen during a five-day work week. I use the, you know, I'm going on sabbatical, right? I use the analogy a lot of oh, times. Quit of rubbing like, it in. Sheesh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like if, if I have two weeks to pack for sabbatical, I'm going to like slowly maybe chip away at it. I'm going to take that full two weeks and then let's call it what it is probably the day before I'm really going to like buckle down and, and get it done. If I have two days to pack, I'm probably going to end up with the same contents in that bag, right? Um, there might Deadline be- Deadline spur you know, action, you know? Yep. Exactly, exactly. And so when you have less time to get the work done, you realize you prioritize um, and you cut out inefficiencies and you're super focused and, you know, Tactically, some of those things look like shorter meetings or even better, no meetings at all, right? Um, Really strong like project management systems, templates, processes, like all of that was so critical. And we're certainly like nowhere close to where we want to be in an ideal world, like continuing to improve, continuing to optimize. But that was, you know, a, a huge piece for us was asynchronous communication, reducing kind of a lot of that filler time that 
that is just not productive. Mm-hmm. Um, and teeing our, our employees up to do the work that they're best at and try to automate, delegate, integrate wherever we can, like kind of that administrative stuff so that, um, yeah, they, they can be super focused and, and do what they do best. Now, regardless of how many days uh, uh, somebody works, any listener, myself, yourself, I can imagine that there's an immense amount of efficiency gains to be had if you can prioritize what should be asynchronous versus what should be synchronous in meetings, right? A hundred percent. Do you have uh, a framework or like what's your approach to determine, you know, hey, if it meets this criteria, sure, we should meet synchronously. We should jam on it versus like, are we sure that can't be done asynchronous? What's like the... What's the, the tip of the trade there? Oh, that's a great question. I would say generally the four-day work week has made us operate um, asynchronously. So that's like kind of our default. Um, the and forcing then, function even? Yeah, true. Yep, yep. Um, and then a lot of times the things that say, hey, this makes sense for it to be a meeting is based off of the complexity of the conversation. Um, so... If it's more of a strategy conversation, that's a good requirement for, you know, to be communicating synchronously. Um, Client check-ins, we definitely want to have and like build that relationship that I think there can be kind of swinging too far on the pendulum. And then you don't want to sacrifice relationships in the process. So making sure that we get, you know, communication time, quote, FaceTime, we're, primarily remote with a lot of our clients. Um, that's huge for, for building those relationships. Um, and then if there are, it basically, if, if we're starting to involve probably four or five people in a conversation, it just makes more sense to sure. hop on a meeting. Um, we use a lot of like voice notes and a lot of like screen share video recordings in our asynchronous communication. Um, to help convey tone, like super important things like tone, uh, body language, stuff like that, that, um, you know, just can, can get missed in things like text format. Totally. Well, yeah, hundred percent. No, that's a helpful tip. Um, glad you brought up uh, client um, kind of engagement, FaceTime with clients. Uh, I want to get into some of the more like, which we will, but like, you know, the, the, the impact we saw the trickle down on KPIs or, client performance, et cetera. But before I get there, I want to start with like the vibes. Like what was the reaction? <laughs> How did clients take the news? Uh, did they feel good about it? Were there any stinkers that weren't happy about it? What was like the general rollout uh, to the clients? Yeah, great question. Uh, we, we had some stinkers. You know, it's anytime there's like big organizational change or big process change, you're, you're going to get some naysayers. So I will say I was really pleasantly surprised. Um, like I was, I, I think when we first started it, I was a little like timid and shy about our four day work week. Mm. Um, and then there was really not a ton of pushback, which I feel like was a good sign that we were already like pretty well aligned with the types of clients we wanted to be working with. Um, but obviously there were a couple, um, and when there, it was more out of like curiosity, right. Of like, how does this work? Um, and when we were able to position it to say, Hey, 
by us working a 40 work week, we're hyper-focused and super efficient and we're not going to waste your time. And there's not going to be just like random meetings where there's a lot of extra people in the room and all of a sudden, you know, things start adding up in terms of time, energy, and resources. Like they were really able to be like, oh, wow, you respect our most valuable asset, which is our time um, and our money. And so once we kind of reframed and repositioned um, from that perspective, they were like, yeah, I see the the benefits. Most of them find it very aspirational and they're jealous. Mm. And I usually get some form of like, oh, are you hiring? Um, oh, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, that that part's always fun. But no, they it was shockingly really well received, which I'm I'm grateful for. That's great news. And again, it speaks to the point too. I think you said that it's like, all right, then it just validated that we're working with the right times, right types of clients. Right. But I think it sounds like framing the decision through the lens of the value it'll have for customers also goes a long way. What like out of those, maybe the small percentage of stinkers, like what, or even the ones that were okay with it, but they just also bubbled, bubbled it up. Like what seemed to be the top concerns? Like what were the themes that you heard? uh, And what was like the defense against those? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, th- lots of questions around time. Like, is this going to impact project timelines? Are you going to be able to get all this work done? Um, you know, those were rightfully so hesitations and, and concerns. Um, and so we did have to like have a plan in place for, you know, those talk tracks and we actually had to like deliver on those things. Right. Like talking is, you know, only well, so yeah, valuable. You know, really, really uh, yeah, puts the stakes on, you know, yeah. Being able to deliver the work for sure. Oh, for sure. Right. Like we could not have a drop in quality of performance and quality of deliverables. So, um, you know, kind of, kind of raised the stakes a little bit, but, um, yeah, the, that was the main questions was around like timelines and, um, you know, I think one of the things I admire about this podcast specifically is people are pretty vulnerable and we did have a client be like, Oh, so you guys must be super lazy and you can't even work five full days a week. Um, And, you know, we realized in that moment for a number of reasons, we were not aligned and on the same page uh, in terms of the type of like equitable partnership we wanted uh, with our clients. So uh, yeah, that was, that was a tough conversation. That one, that one stung a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Now, you know, uh, the podcast is Agency Unfiltered, but yeah, this is a safe safe place for vulnerabilities. I think Agency Vulnerabilities is, I would typo that. I would have so much trouble <laughs> typing that as a title day in, day out. So, but Unfiltered is, well, you know, but yeah, was, you know, we can get vulnerable here. Um, yeah, yeah. You Same mentioned thing. Bumps Unfiltered, and vulnerable. Yeah. You mentioned bumps and bruises. What were like the big ones? Yeah, I think um, a- another one just kind of internally was obviously having to make sure that like our team was still finding opportunities to connect. And I think that's like a huge part of the conversation anyways, was like, we were, we started our four day work week journey pre COVID, which I'm, I'm very thankful for because it already like made that connection component have to be top of mind. Um, And then to, compound that with COVID, it was like, we've got to find ways where our team can feel connected and that we're not completely sacrificing like the great things about working at an agency and like the team camaraderie for the sake of productivity. Um, So there was totally some learning curves there. I think at the beginning, we got 
probably way too hyper efficient and like if it is not a client deliverable it's not happening right um so had to like kind of swing back and like find that happy medium of like how do we still create these opportunities to connect without just this kind of um like while also balancing like hey we do have more limited time and so how do we overly transactional right yeah yep for sure yeah so definitely uh, some bumps and bruises there and then um I myself am not super process oriented. Uh, so forcing people like myself to have to become process oriented um, and to ensure that we are more efficient, you know, that was uncomfortable specifically for, for me. And I think maybe for a lot of entrepreneurs out there or agency owners, um, right? Like we, we want to like shoot from the hip a lot of times. Totally. And, um, Move fast, break things, you know? Yep. Yep. For sure. For sure. And I'm very much always trying to break things and our team's like, just leave it alone. Um, but you know, that it does not super lend itself well to, to a four day work week. Um, so yeah, you, you gotta kind of put a lot more guardrails and structures in place to help set people up for success. Yeah. Which makes sense. Um, now you'd mentioned, uh, obviously you really raised the stakes in the accountability of delivering or like sustaining the quality of work that your clients had come to expect is was sustaining that level, the primary criteria of success or how else were you going to benchmark or did you benchmark whether during the piloting phase or for the whole rollout, like, you know, what's the reporting on it? How do you determine if it's working the way you needed it to? Yeah, great question. So we obviously knew anecdotally, right? This is working really well. We're getting good feedback from our employees and our our clients. Um, so we were looking at things like obviously our employee engagement metrics, watching those go up. Um, we were looking, you know, in terms of deliverables, at things like productivity, so amount of output. Um, we actually saw that increase um, when reviewing pre four day work week, post four day work week, uh, which is fantastic. And then, you know, revenue, another helpful thing to be monitoring star revenue go up. Uh, so employee engagement increased, productivity increased, revenue increased, um, client satisfaction stayed the same or increased. So all signs for yes this is working um and and that was really helpful to like validate what we were feeling internally um with you know some data because it's it's a huge decision and you've got to have that data to support um a pivot like that well it's super interesting to hear that it wasn't even just you know some of the primary kpis here uh you know deliverable delivery efficiency or like revenue not only did they sustain but they went up and that's super interesting to hear. And I mean, it sounds like a lot of the process orientation, the structure would just yield those benefits. Like additionally, that's super cool to hear. Yeah, Did anything I go mean, down? And that's just, you know, the necessary evil of it, you know, or like, hey, that's the cost of doing business, you know, in, in a four-day work week. Yeah, I would say that we've had to be more selective about the types of projects that we take on. Um, it, we have to say no more often. And, you know, there's sacrifices that come along with that. Um, As someone who likes to say yes a lot, that is a frustrating thing for me. Um, But yeah, we have to say no more often and we have to be a lot more strategic about um, 
planning our, our timelines and projects. And that's like a huge focus and priority for us right now is, is making sure that we're better able to forecast projects so that we don't say yes to too many things. Um, so yeah, we, we had, had to do that. And then we did have to, we realized, Hey, if we are going down this, this four day work week route, like as a company, as a whole, we have to all be on the same page. We can't have silos. We need to be more aligned. Um, so we did actually kind of sunset an entire service line and mm. um, like book of business uh, within our organization. Um, and that was you know, a super scary decision. Uh, I think it was like around probably 10% of our revenue. Um, and yeah, that was something that we had to say no to and walk scary away from leap. kind of, yeah, yeah we, we, had that book of business during our four day work week. Um, but the four day work week kind of just like accelerated a lot of, and uncovered a lot of things in terms of, Hey, we need as an organization to be stacking hands on one goal and not like trying to pick out of three goals, which one seems like it's going to work the best. Yeah. Um, and so the four day work week made us have to kind of make some, some hard decisions there and super thankful that we did, but definitely uncomfortable in the, in the moment. Tough. Yeah. Yeah. But again, yeah. like fortune favors the focus, I guess. Right. And so, yeah, really, really uh, uh, forces you to have like strong prioritization on, you know, with, with limited time. Yeah. Yeah. The types of projects, the types of clients, the types of timelines. Um, yeah. Have to be a, a lot more, um, not regimented, I don't want to say, but just have to, yeah, be more focused and yeah. know what is a good fit and what's going to, where the team's going to be successful. Now, I don't know uh, where Second Mile was team size wise at the beginning, before five day work week, or sorry, during five day work week, uh, after the transition to four day, but have you seen the impact of this uh, uh, as like a differentiator for like talent acquisition? Do you guys like, I, I would imagine it's, emphasized fairly heavily and and why work for us right but have you seen any benefits on that side too yeah absolutely i'm trying to think about what our headcount was when we started the four-day work week i want to say we probably have doubled since we started mm. um the the four-day work week um maybe like anywhere from yeah i'm gonna go with doubled if i'm remembering correctly um but yes, in terms of a recruiting tactic and retention tactic, um, I would say our retention is probably the best it's been. Um, and then recruiting wise, same thing, finding really high caliber talent um, at the, wants that work-life balance. And that's, this is mm -hmm. definitely, you know, an added, I don't even view it necessarily as an added benefit because I think that there's a temptation to like throw benefits at employees and just think that that's going to solve, you know, a lot of problems. Um, but it is certainly one of the kind of cultural components and appeals that we lean into in the hiring process. And we actually just hired our first employee through a four day work week recruiting website. Hmm. Um, and it was one of the faster and easier hiring processes we've ever had um so and that's a website yeah, it, dedicated or like only surfacing businesses that uh have rolled out a four-day work week is that 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fourdayworkweek.io. Oh, good to know. But I mean, so it's, I guess it's growing in energy and attention, right? We're starting, obviously, there's a directory there. So we know candidates are looking for businesses that do that. Why isn't it not mainstream, but like, why isn't it more prevalent? Why is it less of a norm and more of a differentiator at this moment in time? You know what I mean? Ooh, great question. Uh, so I think we're at like the perfect time and place for a four day work week to start to become more of the norm. When you look at when the five day work week became the norm, there's a lot of similarities. So it was coming off of the heels of like a, a second industrial revolution. It was coming off the heels of a pandemic. It's coming off of the heels of a lot of like workers' rights. Um, so I'm talking like 1920s. Sure. Um, and like strikes and labor shortages. Again, all of this is like probably sounding yeah, pretty inflection familiar. points. There's very similar, uh-huh. right? But yeah, you see the parallels. Yep. And so that's when kind of the, the five-day work week became the norm. We're obviously experiencing a lot of, you know, a hundred years later, a lot of the same things. Um, and when I'm thinking about like post-industrial revolution, now I would say we're post like internet and computer revolution. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, the way that we work has changed, but the time that we spend at work hasn't, if anything, it's gone up in a lot of cases. So it, it feels like the right time and place for this to become more mainstream. I think the things that hold organizations back is it it is, it's a huge like cultural shift. It's a huge process shift. And so there's a lot of work that has to go in behind the scenes and you're already trying to operate some like a day-to-day business, right? Like how do you make time to make less time? Right. Sure. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's, it's not the most intuitive on the front end. Um, so I, I think that's a huge part of it. And then also just kind of deconstructing like some work norms um, and what it says about, right? If, if we want to get super deep, like what does it say about us and our self-worth and like, uh, you know, like your, where your identity is, where your value is and where you place that emphasis um, I, I think there's a lot of things that are like wrapped up into why more people aren't experimenting with four day work week. And I think a lot of them are, um, maybe not such like business tactics. It's, it's maybe more on like the identity and, and things like that. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. Hadn't even considered that angle if we want to go a little, you know, introspective in it. Right. Uh, yeah. and actually I guess like checking my own assumptions, I figured it would be uh, applauded across the organization, but did any any of um, your employees struggle with it, or like you know have dissonance with the decision or anything there? Yeah, interestingly enough, there there were some challenges when it came to like thinking about um, the pace of work um, and people who. Like, I think we had some people who like they kind of just wanted to show up. They just wanted to like do their thing. They wanted it to be like a little slower. Um, and then when we went to a 40 work week, it was like, Hey, there's relatively the same amount of work that needs to get done. There's less time to do it. So you do have to be super focused and, and you have to, you know, self-prioritize or work with your manager to prioritize. And, and that was tough for some people and they did not do well. And ultimately like you know, self-selected out. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I, 
it, that was actually more surprising, I think, than the cl clients having challenges with it. Um, but those who did stay, like, and those who obviously join the organization now, like, know it from the beginning, or they really love it and work well in that environment. And so it's not um, a transition for those folks. It's ingrained into the yep, the business. Yep. 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 So, um, yeah, that was that was a unique kind of I was not anticipating that part as much in the process. Um, and we did have to have a lot of conversations around like, Hey, we want, we don't want the work to be unsustainable or the pace to be unreasonable. And so if that's ever a contributing factor, like we have to know those things, right. So we can address it. Um, and we, we had to have conversations too around like, Hey, when you're here, like you're here and you're super focused. Totally. Um, because instead of getting, you know, a 30 minute break here and an hour break there and kind of, oh, maybe I'm shopping on Amazon for 45 minutes during those five days. It's like you have whole eight hours to do that on Friday if you want to. Um, and so it's just kind of like stacking where those things fall in the work week instead of maybe them blending as much, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's like um, it's, you don't have to sacrifice any of that, but where and how it fits into your day and into your week fundamentally changes, right? Because now it's all bunched and batched on Friday versus, yep, it totally. Yep, that is a fantastic way of thinking about it. It's like, you, you don't have to sacrifice that. If anything, you hopefully have more time to do that. It's just kind of set aside on, on this other day. And um, it's also been great for like our employees in terms of like, hey, take your car to the shop on Friday. Like you can go to a doctor's appointment on a Friday. Like the... Um, time out of work Monday through Thursday has certainly gone down in that there's obviously this whole day to do your life, which is awesome. And that's exactly what everyone should have time to do if they need to. Yeah. There's like team wide appointment, you know, scheduling, you know, for life appointments on Friday. Yep. That makes sense. Yeah. The, that's also an interesting point is that like, yeah, the folks out of office Monday through Thursday, the percentage or the frequency diminishes because they have Friday. Yep. Yeah. And that's something we like try to communicate in the hiring process is, Hey, generally, if you can schedule something on a Friday, like if your doctor is open on a Friday, if your dentist is open on a Friday, try to make sure that, that that's the day that that's happening. No, it's highly encouraged to maximize. That's the point of that day, right? Yep. Exactly. Yes. I'll have you start joining our onboarding process so that you yeah, can. Yeah, I got it. I things. think I got some of the sound bites here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And before we get to the last question, um, which we, we, we kind of wrap every episode with the same one. So I'm going to put a pin in that for one more minute. Uh, feels like there's been a lot of tips and actions that partners can take, agencies can take. What is uh, step one if they're ready to embark down this journey? Is it half day Fridays and, and kind of taking it from there? Yeah, I think I would say create some type of test, like, right, especially in agencies, we love A-B testing, right? We love optimizing. So this is a great place to do some A-B testing uh, and figure out what works well. So like, create a test, get those baseline metrics before you go into the test, and then test it out and, you know, see what works well for you. It doesn't even have to be like... a Monday through Thursday, right? I think a lot of, you know, this audience is specifically focused on agencies. So yeah. I do think that like our industry probably lends itself maybe the best to a 40 work week. Um, and I also think 
something like a four day work week and AI are like going to have to force agencies to not think about time in a traditional way. I mean, if you want to talk about about how to find efficiency gains, right. And like how to do more with less time. Right. Yep. Totally. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, so I think that, um, yeah, our, our industry is, is probably pretty well suited for a four-day work week, which means you could go that traditional Monday through Thursday, but you don't have to, right? Like there's so many different options. You can do staggered teams, like test out what works well for for your organization. And I think like anything, when you're making big shifts, communicate with your team and get that feedback loop of, yeah. was this going? What can we do to improve this? What ideas do you have to help us make a four-day work week a reality? Um, you know, the, those are kind of the two things is test it and get the feedback, get the feedback from clients, get the feedback from your team and, you know, keep iterating on that. You don't have to like jump all into a, a four day work week, <laughs> right, right from the get go there. You know, if, uh, if we are going to AB test it, I hope I'm the var- part of the variant that gets to experience <laughs> the four day. You know what I mean? I don't want to yes. be the other variant that doesn't. Um, uh, yeah, so that's key. Sure. And honestly, I can't believe we wait until the very end to bring out the implications of AI. It's such a hard door to shut once it's been cracked open. It's taking like every ounce Sorry, of my I, willpower to I not spend it. another 40 on it. Um, I imagine they're very much intertwined, right? The implications of generative yeah. AI and success in a four day work week. Um, yeah. And a final question we'll wrap here. What is, so I'm, uh, I'll say the question and then maybe we tweak it. What's the strangest part of agency life or what's the strangest part of a four day work week agency life? You know? Oh, so I will say the strangest part of agency life is, and I will filter this through the perspective of being an agency owner, is like, I mean, you never know what's going to happen. Sometimes it feels like you're on a reality TV show. Like you're just like, did someone just drop this in here to like get a really funny clip? Um, Like there, you, you could be, you know, meeting with a bunch of CEOs and boards of directors one day. And then the next day you could be sitting there saying, oh no, our conference table broke and we are having our our team summit and we don't have a conference table. Um, So, you know, like just every single day is a wild ride and I love it. And um, so that is probably the the craziest part about agency life uh, for me specifically. I also love that we know so many weird niches and industries and you get to like really ingrain yourself into those um it's like in what other world would i know about custom whirlpool bathtubs and also know the matriculation cycle for like a higher ed program like you know how how would i ever been able to predict the depth of knowledge i now have on these these things yeah totally yes and it's so fun what a great party trick right Uh, so yeah that's the weirdest part about agency life um the weirdest part about a four-day work week agency life I mean, your weekend starts on Thursday, so I don't think that's weird. I just think it's awesome, right? Thursday night's the new Friday night. That's pretty nice. That's pretty nice. Thursday night is the new Friday night, and therefore, hopefully, you don't get the Sunday scaries. Like You combine those two things together, and and it's pretty awesome. That's great. Well, Hannah, thanks so much for coming on, uh, really unpacking this thing. Um, Glad to hear it's uh, going so well and working so well for your team. And obviously, hopefully, by the time you tune in and you commit to a download, 
uh, you know, you're, you're enjoying a, a you know, uh, sightseeing in Portugal or something like that. So happy sabbatical, but thank you so much for coming on. It's been, uh, it's been super helpful. Thank you for having me. I am a huge fan of the podcast. So this is like a, a career check mark for me. Um, uh, send me your Venmo so I can bribe you to, you know, for saying that. <laughs> and then, you know, just putting it out in the ethos, you know, I will pay for, for positive feedback like that. But thank you, Hannah. I appreciate it. And uh, for everyone that's tuned in today, this has been another episode of Agency Unfiltered.